1: back to Beyond the Void
2: Horror Podcast.
1: That's right, it's episode 230. And today, we're going to be watching two movies that just came out on Vinegar Syndrome who were kind enough to send these out to us to review, and that is Rush Week from 1989
2: and... Uh, Last Gas from 1995.
1: That's right. And Rush Week didn't actually come out till like, 91, I think, in the United States. It was, like, one of the first movies that got out to UK... Before it did, yeah, even though it was made here in the US. So, but these are two kind of like slasher sort of ish, yeah. But the the last gasp is a little different than your typical slasher, right? So, possession almost, yeah. It's more of a possession romance movie. (laughs) But we'll get into that later. So, Uh, But yes, thank you, Vinegar Syndrome, for sending these out to us. We really do appreciate that. We're looking forward to talking about that. Christina, how have you been this week? What's going on? What's new with us?
2: I'm good. You just got your second dose of the fucking five G vaccine that's an old joke now (laughs) i
1: just woke up uh yeah i know (laughs) what was it oh this is so funny so we went to the to get my second shot today and they did it in like this arena like a fucking stadium it was was, it was in a a stadium stadium. so we're like sitting inside this the sun devil stadium and in arizona and we're like (laughs) There's like a volleyball court in the middle and she's like, there should be someone singing. I was like, what if they like put a comedian, you know, like, and then I was like, hey, guys, my name is Jake and I'm here to do some comedy for you. I got a whole bunch of stuff, but I'm not going to tell it to you now. I'll just send it to you 5G.
2: (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) (laughs)
1: which everybody says because all the fucking crazy people think you get the
2: ones who aren't getting it yeah the one
1: well it's not even the ones that aren't getting it it's just some people really think that like we don't carry cell phones around with us that have more technology than a fucking (laughs) microchip would and that always blows me away it's like your privacy you gave up your privacy like decades ago. Right. <laughs> and you have no idea, <laughs> like, whether you use a browser or a fucking, like, cell phone. Like, there is no... Unless you got, like, a black phone, which is, like, one of those fucking, like, hacker phones. Oh. You know what I'm talking about? That you don't need. It just uses, right. you know, all these different signals, and it kind of, like, masks it, your IP.
2: Oh, yeah. It's just ridiculous. I know ridiculous. everything tracks you, like, your GPS, if you have Google Maps. Dude, yeah. We've like given up great, our shit. Yeah. Like convenience smart home. Like,
1: Con- Convenience always trumps any kind of privacy issues. Privacy issues. Like it's like that meme I always see that I've one of my favorite fucking memes in 1945 or whatever whatever. It was like, who's wiretapping your telephone? It's it's the Russians, you know what I mean? Or something like that. And then it's like today, it's like, hello, wiretap. How do you make pancakes? <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Anyway, is, that, is it political to talk about that or am I just talk? Is it okay?
2: I have no or, idea.
1: Because everything's politics. Everything's though. Politics. Like if I took a shit on the floor or in the toilet, somebody would be like, you're a Democrat, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn libertarians and they're fucking shitting <laughs> in shitting the middle of the, the carpet. carpet.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so soon we're going to be actually hanging out with people since we got our shots, huh?
2: And going to the movie theater.
1: Yeah. It's and be interesting. And
2: maybe we'll go to Vegas.
1: <laughs> she wants to yeah. go everywhere. we we'll got to China. We'll go we to- got,
2: <laughs> We got to go to Myrtle Beach. Yeah. You know, we got to go to California. We got to yeah. go to LA. Oh. Do things, you know. I don't
1: know if I want to be traveling all that much.
2: Okay. I guess I'll just buy myself. I mean,
1: I didn't hate the, the I, you know, I wasn't locked out from the world. You guys are locked in here with me in my world.
2: I know, and now we need to get away.
1: Welcome to my g- fucking hell.
2: I have to get away. I have to get away from you.
1: Anyway, guys. So yeah, <laughs> I have been collecting a lot of movies over the past couple weeks here because
2: yes, you have. I got
1: some birthday money. I got some birthday gifts, and I've just gone a little a little crazy, right? <laughs> but I'm excited about it because it's like it gives us more stuff to do over the coming. You know, weeks for you guys, whether it be here or on YouTube or wherever we use this stuff. I have been trying to push a lot of effort into the YouTube channel. So if you guys have been supporting here and have not gone to the YouTube, please check that out. And for those of you that are coming from YouTube to to the podcast, you know, we work together. So it's like, you know, I want to do as much as I possibly can. Right. And I feel guilty if I watch a horror movie just for me these days. You know what I mean? Like, not
2: tell everyone about it. (laughs) Right.
1: Like, I feel like it's a wasted opportunity of some sort. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. But so we got a lot of movies that are lined up. Some, we don't know what we're going to do for next week, by the way, guys, because one of the packages that we got coming has two movies that we want to do, but it's like right at the cusp (laughs) of like our
2: deadline. Yeah. Are
1: we going to have enough time to record the episode? Because we record on Saturdays like today. And we don't know if we're going to have the time before those movies get here. So we're going to have, we might not tell you until this week what we're right, going to do. Right. Just a heads up. But anyways, I think it might be that time.
2: What time is it?
1: Horseshots! shots. shots! All right, guys, so this week we're going to be doing a shot based around the movie Rush Week. Now, if you've seen this movie, you know that it's a slasher film. And one of the main things about it is it's sort of like a frat boy sort of uh, comedy You know, and in the movie, they do have a party at the very beginning of the movie and it's like a luau and they do like, they're wearing like hula gear and all this stuff. So I thought, yeah, I thought it would be fairly funny for them to, to add some elements from the movie that would be kind of good. So we decided that you would do a single shot of Malibu rum and then drink a Miller Light to slam after it. But the first thing you got to do is you got to dip your finger in what, Christina? Spaghetti sauce. That's right. Because in the movie, there's a prank pulled on one of the fucking other frat guys where he sticks his fork into his spaghetti, which is very odd, by the way.
0: Very odd. Why
1: is this guy just the only person eating spaghetti at a fucking drive-thru?
2: Drive-thru?
1: Yeah, it's not like Skyline Chili or anything. It's just like fucking... Right. (laughs) Yeah. Like, for those of you that live on the northeast coast... You know what Skyline Chili is for the most part, but we don't. Spaghetti is not a very popular thing to be eating at a fucking like right. fast food chain. You know what I mean?
2: Weren't they um at the school eating?
1: No, I think they were. Uh, maybe I don't know. I thought,
2: looked, I thought they were eating like, on their lunch.
1: Maybe I don't know. He was eating spaghetti and they had a fake finger in there.
2: Yeah, it was weird.
1: Or a real finger? Who knows? This movie's like bananas. It
2: was a real finger, remember? Because they broke it off the dead body.
1: Oh God, dude, that's ca- fucked up. The cadaver. So basically what you're gonna do is you're gonna stick your finger in spaghetti sauce, lick it, take your shot of Malibu, and slam your beer. Whoever finishes disgusting. the beer is the fucking BDB Winner. champion. The the, the the beta delta beta.
2: Whatever the fuck yeah, it was. It's beta
1: delta beta. Whatever. Frat master party slammer.
2: Congratulations. <laughs> So now,
1: guys, like, I honestly was going to do the shot with you guys today. It was really planned. But that second shot today has, like, hit me like a ton of fucking bricks. And I you don't, don't want to push it. I don't want to push it because, like, I'm not feeling the greatest. I'll be honest with you right now after my second shot. I'm tired as fuck. And I'm like, yeah, so bear with me today. But Christina is drinking something here. She's just not good at slamming Miller. Like, no, I'm
2: not going to slap. We Miller literally, literally went to the disgusting. store and
1: bought all of this shit.
2: Yeah, we did. We really
1: did. So, what we'll do is, in lieu of it, like in a couple of days or something like that for this week. Maybe if you guys come by the stream on Wednesday. Yeah,
2: I'll do, I'll do it with you it with. I'll do a
1: fucking hula brula for the Rush Week movie, and then I'll even clip it and then post it for you guys, so if you want to check it out and you weren't there at the, the live stream or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I promise I will do it just because I was really looking forward to it. She was like,
2: really, Alex, spaghetti sauce? No, I was like, really, Alex, Miller Light?" Yeah, Blah. I know,
1: that too. And I was like, we were embarrassed.
2: <laughs> yeah, we were. I pulled. I was like, is that it? Is that the Miller Light the cans? Yeah. And he's like, yeah. So he pulled it out he handed it to me. And I was like, uh-uh, I'm not carrying that. It's fucking no. You fucking
1: snob. <laughs>
2: And then is that why you went and got the grocery cart? No,
1: because I just yeah. Well, yeah, but I just it, it was awkward holding it. It was cold, right? Like, I well, just put no, it in the cart.
2: Cold doesn't matter. It was Miller Lite. It was anyway,
1: awkward. so I will do the shot. Thank you guys for fucking bearing with me, but you know I had to do the fucking other shot today. It took two shots. You know what I mean? I ain't gonna take it. <laughs> Fucking Jesus Christ. (laughs) Anyway, if you would like to try a brula from the movie Rush Week, all you have to do is go to longlivethevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shots section now. That's it for horror shots. All right, guys. So now we're going to go ahead and jump into our flesh and potatoes of Vinegar Syndrome movies that have just been released, one being Rush Week from
2: 1989
1: and Last Gas from 1995. And we're going to go ahead and do that right now. Right, guys, so Rush Week, as we've mentioned, came out in 1989. Technically, that's when they made it. Anyway, it did take a while to hit the theaters. It was, like, 91, I think, when it came to the U.S. The story of Rush Week is Tony, a journalism student, transfers to a new college where several female students begin to disappear under suspicious circumstances. She decides to investigate which makes her mysterious killers prime target. Taglines, fraternity week parties and fun fright night rituals. Murder is one. Wow. it's a long That's a long line. one, yeah, I know. Like, how do you fit that on the poster? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this movie is directed by Bob Brauver, who is mostly known for his stunts, because he's actually a stuntman and a producer. And he's done... Movies like Darkman, Roadhouse, Star Trek, The Motion Picture, but he has directed a lot of TV shows in 80s and 90s like Knight Rider, Dragnet, and uh, he's also done quite a few shorts as well. The writer on this um, movie is Russell V. Menzant, who helped do the movie Contagion from 2002. We reviewed that. And Midnight Ride from 1990, which I believe Midnight Ride, wasn't that one of uh, Bob's movies? I don't think so. There's some interesting things that are in, in Bob's movies. Uh-huh. They seem to keep it uh, in the family. A lot of these people that were in those movies, a lot of the actors and stuff, there are some famous people in these movies that uh-huh. are have done music, and they do that so that they can use their music.
0: Oh. <laughs> There's
1: like, you know, it's some, you know, it's just a lot of people who know a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Also another writer on this movie is Michael W. Layton, mostly known as a producer for films such as Pale Blood from 1990, but he also has credits in The Genesis Code 2010 and LA Bounty from 1989. Some of the stars in this movie are Pamela Ludwig, who plays Tony. She was in Pale Blood from 1990, Project X from 1987, which I think had uh what's his name from Ferris Bueller
2: in it? Oh yeah, I think so.
1: Yeah. And he was on, and she was on an episode of V from 1985, which just about everybody was in V, by right. the
2: way. <laughs> it was like Star Trek for a couple seasons. Dude, it's, it was
1: huge. It's right, so it really weird, was so weird, too. And it was scary for me as a kid because, like, right. when they would rip their faces off, yeah. that shit was scary.
2: Li- lizard people shit. They,
1: they've tried to reboot that show, and I right. swear to God, it could be so much better. Yeah, For like, some yeah, reason, they, they just fail every time. Another one of those shows that I used to think about that when I watched as a kid that was kind of adult themed was like Alien Nation. You remember that?
2: Oh, yeah. I, I don't
1: hear anyone talk about that shit anymore. Right. That shit was ultra fucking popular.
2: It really was. They made a
1: movie and a TV show off of it. Right. And it's just like gone. It disappeared.
2: Yeah. it just gone. Yeah.
1: We also got Dean Hamilton, who plays Jeff, who is a CEO of an independent film company. He does a lot of production, and he's also directed quite a few pictures. But uh, he acted in his movies, such as Savage Land, Blonde and Blonder, uh, which (laughs) we watched the trailer for today. (laughs) Blonde and Blonder was supposed to be, like, the Dumb and Dumber, but for women.
2: Pamela Anderson and Denise Richards.
1: Right. Did not work. No. Even the trailer made me... Kind of cringy.
2: It was, a little
1: bit, yeah. Yeah. I wanted to like it more because it's, it's like it feels like it, I remember it, but it was from 2008. Right. Weird. He also has been in some episodes of Twenty One Jump Street as an actor, The Facts of Life, and Alfred Hitchcock presents. In fact, Rush Week was his last acting role oh, was before it? he kind of really got into directing. Oh he wow. did do other you know bits and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. but it was mostly that's what sent him into his career as a producer and as a right, director. Right. Also, we have Roy Thines, who plays Dean, the Dean, Dean Grail. <laughs> He was in Airport 1975. He played Roger in the 90s version of The Dark Shadows, which Christina was very fond of. I like that show. I
2: recognized him almost immediately.
1: Uh, A Beautiful Mind and was on four episodes of The X-Files and three episodes of Murder, She Wrote.
2: Murder, She Wrote.
1: Christina, what did you think of this movie?
2: Well, as I've gotten older, Alex, I've really grown to hate college-themed movies. I find them incredibly (laughs) annoying. Okay. <laughs> um, even the comedic ones, I don't find funny at all. Really? I don't know why. They just rub me the wrong way. Maybe it's because I'm a girl. I don't know. I think it
1: makes sense in a horror sense, but as a comedic sense, you're not a fan of either. No,
2: I'm not either. Like okay. Just that, uh, I don't know. I had a good college experience, but...
1: But you did yours at home, so it was a little different, wasn't it? Like, most of it?
2: Well, yeah. Well, out of high school... I, yeah. I did the whole I didn't do the fraternities and shit right
1: yeah that's like not, not everybody does that right <laughs> yeah. exactly
2: so I don't know and it's if they just... do
1: like a major college it's not always like it's not like that right like I was I was listening to these guys do the, the extras in this movie and they mm-hmm. were saying I went to college and I don't remember <laughs> shit like that
2: yeah but don't they they usually portray it like this yeah but you some know, of the like it's big big big, big colleges and...
1: like really fraternities and sororities and things like that are a oh, big deal well
2: yeah I know that it is a part of the
1: social they, aspect
2: well, they, and they always get in trouble for drinking and people right. dying and hazing and shit like right. that. But for some reason, just movies like this just irk me, and I just don't like them.
1: Okay, well, going forward, and, we know what she's going to hate this one. You,
2: well, yeah. So, but on a slasher aspect of this movie, I mean, there was no gore in this movie. Barely.
1: No, well, there none. is some.
2: Well, some. I mean, there's you can say none.
1: I would have said none too, but it takes a long time to get to it. Yes, but fine.
2: Well, to the point where it's not even worth it anymore. Right. But there was a lot of uh, saxophone solos and yeah. boobs. Well, Lots sexy of that. Situations. Right. The best part of the whole movie was that Fright Night party at the end.
1: Oh, uh, okay. You
2: know, because then it got it it got all like that punk rock gothy thing almost go on, mm-hmm. and and the. That the coffin was it the coffins that played? Who were they called? The coffins, the the dickies.
1: Yeah, it's definitely not the coffins.
2: I was thinking of your dad, that's why. Okay, (laughs) but other than that, it was shot really well. The music was good, you know. I, of course, I like the throwback to like the 80s. Yeah, the 80s. It totally is shot well. Oh, it is. It's very, it's shot very well. I liked um, the stocking. the slasher Mm -hmm. part of it but there needed to be more
1: well you know this this is a late movie so it kind of got to borrow from a lot of other slasher films yeah really can tell yeah
2: so it kind of lost its impact i really did not like this movie it wasn't even so bad it's good Mm. you know because the acting was kind of decent but it's i gave it it, felt
1: like a mainstream movie didn't it
2: yeah well or it tried but it bombed. Mm-hmm. It was like a mainstream movie that bombed because, okay. I don't know, maybe there was too many hands in the pot or something. I don't know. I gave it a two.
1: Two out of ten. Yeah, wow, that's rough. Yeah,
2: because I just...
1: Well, yeah, you're not big fans of these kind of movies no. anyways. Even the it's so bad, it's good that I push on her. She's like not too fond of. No. Um, What do you
2: think, Alex? Well,
1: I mean, this is a movie I thought for sure was going to have more to it than it did. Right. So I understand where you're coming from.
2: Thank you. It
1: does have the 80s plot thing down, and it's got the slasher tropes down to a T, like, perfectly. Like, it definitely learned from other better films (laughs) you know what i mean whether in its writing or its style of shot or anything like that because it's it really is a really well shot movie and it's got pretty much everything you want to see in a late 80s movie you know like something that you would grab off the rental shelf back in the day except gore and 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 even on-screen death is is not pretty much found here literally takes like to the last 15 minutes of the movie to see any sort of gore and it's really not even that captivating right You know, with a title like Rush Week, you would, would, in your mind, just expect that it would be about picking off some frat boys who deserve it in all sorts of silly ways, mixed with like 80s quirky deaths. But you'd be wrong, (laughs) because that's definitely not this movie. And the characters, they'll do all their parts just fine, make it a horror film with that whole whodunit slasher vibe, but the deaths really make it boring. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's not terribly boring. But
2: they didn't show anything. They were just like, ah. And they it was like, okay, I guess they're dead. It,
1: yeah, I mean, it also, like I said before, it also feels pretty familiar to other slasher movies you've seen before. Minus the whole reason why all these women are dying in the first place. Which is probably one of the oddest things about this movie, to say the least.: Yeah,
2: it was weird.
1: The acting is, you know, pretty typical for these types of movie, and actually above average, uh, for yeah, it really was. For, for a slasher film of this type.. Mm-hmm. And it fits the genre, I think, pretty perfectly when it comes to that. Plus, there are some odd, familiar faces in this movie, like Greg Allman.
2: Uh, who'd he play?
1: He's, he was Cosmo. He was the journalist teacher.
2: Oh,
1: okay. Who was like always meditating and high as fuck? Right. Like
2: he's,
1: t- he's t- from the he's from the Almond Brothers.
2: Who the fuck is that?
1: Lord I was born
2: a rambling, man. Oh, that's why you played the song yeah. before OK. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway. Huh. But yeah, he's in that movie and like that's why because they wanted to use him for use his music and stuff right. like But they also knew him as well, is what I was trying to explain. Oh, okay. But there's some pretty silly antics with the frat boys in it, like you would see in any regular comedy movie. In fact, this feels mostly like a mainstream comedy movie Mm -hmm. that's not funny. Right. (laughs) It does come across pretty tame as a slasher or a horror film, though. Even like a made-for-TV one, almost. Like, if it weren't for the boobs in this movie, it really would feel that way, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, it would.
1: You know, like, it's like... I don't know. It just feels like a college frat comedy with a slasher element just kind of sprinkled in. We do get treated to a bunch of Well, I wouldn't say sprinkled in, that might be a little bit. It's it is in there. It's very present. Mhm. It just feels doesn't feel like a slasher completely because there's no you know deaths. <laughs> and it's not like I need to see all the time deaths. It is still a slasher, but it just it just kind of takes it down a notch for me for that totally. reason. Totally. But we do get treated to a bunch of music from some talent you may or may not have heard of, like the Dickies, Devo, the Surfpunks, the Dead Milkmen. I mean, there's a ton of different people in here. The Dickies in particular, they do a song live. He comes out of a coffin. There was this, this early scene. I got a bit about that when we get into our notes. But, you know, it it adds a nice touch to it. Like it feels like an an 80s film, a complete 80s film in some regards, while also being very lacking in other departments. Mm Mm-hmm. If you're like a huge slasher fan though, looking to collect them all and you've never seen it, this is probably not a bad purchase. Like I think it would be good, you know. It's still enjoyable. Like we still had a good time. We had a few laughs. Yeah, we
2: kind of laughed at stuff. Yeah,
1: like there was some silly writing in it that was like, you like, know, oh, very what? 80s yeah. like, you know. But you'll definitely not score it as high as other slasher movies in my opinion. I'd say that this is a pretty average movie for the most part with the lack with the lack of deaths on screen, it makes for a pretty low watch for me personally. I'd give this one probably like a three point five or four you know, and probably three point five more so out right. of ten just because of that right like i I hate to say that Gore makes the movie because it doesn't, but this doesn't really tread any new territory for it to warrant Mm -hmm. any higher than that. Mm -hmm. Like if we're not going to have deaths and the stuff on the screen, it's got to carry itself in other ways. And it just feels like another movie I've already seen. So unfortunately, but like I said, if you're a collector, you have nostalgia for this movie. Those are two things that are going to make you want to get this movie. It's not It's shot really well. It looks really great on this vinegar syndrome treatment. It has some charm and the extras were actually pretty enjoyable too. They got the guys from the slasher cast that were actually coming that came on and talk about their first experiences and who's in the movie and stuff. And I, and I really enjoyed that. Although I didn't finish the whole thing. It was, it was enjoyable to listen to. Mm -hmm. Plus they have like, you know, an interview with Jolene who played the woman who played Jolene, who was the girl that was dating one of the people in the very beginning of the movie. She was like, Oh, they're not so bad. I'm dating the one guy.
0: Oh, I think okay. it was Byron,
1: I think, she was dating. Uh-huh. And she was also the girl that was, like, singing on stage. That I was oh, like, isn't that yeah. her? And you were like, no, that's not her. It's a different girl. And I'm like, no, that's her. Sure, oh, and it was her. it definitely was her. Oh, okay. So.
2: There's a lot of blondes in that movie. There is
1: a lot of blondes in this movie. Right. But I still like this release to a degree, but I guess I was just hoping for so much more. Mm-hmm. So it is a letdown in that regard. So you gave it a two? Yep. So we're talking... Wow, 2.75 or 3 out of 10.
2: Pretty low.
1: Yeah, it is definitely a very tongue-in-cheek. There is some charm about the movie, though. I I don't know what it is. It's like it's really well done. I think it's just very late to the game. Yeah. One of those ones that was still trying to swing for the fence at the very end. Right. We do have some trivia on this movie that I found. Um, some of it is from some of the extras I listened to and some of the backtrack that I got to hear from some of the slasher guys. But if you don't want anything spoiled, go down to the timestamps down below and check out our spoiler-free review of Last Gasp with Robert Patrick and check that out. And you can always do that in our timestamps down below and then... You know, come back when you've seen the movie or whatever. We'll always have them down there for you so that you can skip right to your favorite part. But if you don't want anything spoiled, here's your warning. All right. So this uh, the first victim of this movie, I don't know if you remember this. She was the girl that was taking pictures with that guy, the the big guy. First one. Yeah. Yeah. Her name in the movie was MacGuffin.
2: Was it her last
1: name? Yeah. It was MacGuffin. This is a this is technically a joke referring to a MacGuffin, a literary term used to describe a plot device which motivates the protagonist but is often unimportant to the overall story.
2: That's kind of deep. Yeah, it's
1: like, like... I didn't know that. They knew what they were doing when they named some of these people. Oh, okay. A lot of them have some silly names like that. You know what I mean? Um, that woman, by the way, she's like wearing pink and she's like... Do you know which one I'm talking about? Yeah, she's the really very first tall. first one, yeah. Really tall, yeah, blonde.
2: She, yeah, she was walking. I remember.
1: She is Kathleen Kinmont. She was from Halloween Four. She played Kelly in that, and more importantly, she was Gloria in Bride of the Reanimator.
2: Oh,
1: which is probably the more iconic role for her.
2: Right, I bet she, yeah. she,
1: because she like has parts of her body put on together after she dies. Oh, that's right. So it's and that's like her. That's, that's her. Yeah. That's funny.
2: I, I didn't even recognize her.
1: So I thought that was interesting. She does. She does look very different in this movie than she did in that movie.
2: Because
1: mm-hmm. like I did compare, and I was like, "Is that? Am I a hundred percent sure on that?" And I did some looking on it, and it definitely is her. Um, this is the movie that a lot of people feel that Urban Legends stole from. Really, surprisingly. Huh. But if you're going to steal from something, I guess, and make it better in some ways.
2: Well, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Oh, yeah, because that was a college movie.
1: Yeah, it was a college movie. It had a killer in a robe and right. they carried an axe.
2: Right. Okay. And that's
1: all the three ingredients you have in this one. <laughs> So, I mean, it is pretty uncanny, if you right. think about it. I don't know.
2: Makes me want to watch it now.
1: Yeah, I know. I thought about that, too. Yeah. I was like, no, do we really want to go down that? <laughs> um, but, you know, the frat house. Did you recognize that house? Did it look familiar to it you? It looked familiar. It should, because it's been in a lot.
2: Yeah, it figures. It's like a staple type of set.
1: It's a lot of movies, yeah. It's actually known as Higgins, Verbeck, Hirsch. Mansion. It's at 637 South Lucerne Boulevard in Windsor Square, Los Angeles. Oh, okay. Now, this is a place that, you know, they shot a lot of different movies like Willard, Ben. They did the Witchboard movie. Do you remember when the... Which
2: we watched recently. Right.
1: Remember when the, the ghost pops the tire and they're standing outside?
2: Oh, they were standing outside that thing?
1: That's the house. It's the same oh, house. Funny. It was also in the movie Waxwork.
2: I haven't seen that in a long time.
1: Yeah, that was it was in that. Uh like I said, Witcher Willard and Ben. So just two rat movies. So it's always kind of weird that they use that. But yeah, they they've decommissioned it as any kind of filming place. But Oh really? It, remember they talked about how they thought it might have been haunted. Some people did and some didn't. Oh shit. You know.
2: Zach Baggins needs to get on the case.
1: <laughs> oh my god. He
2: needs to get on the case.
1: Anyway. But that's pretty much it for trivia. I didn't have really much more than that. So Let's. We're just going to kind of go over some parts that we liked or that were kind of silly, maybe, that, that, that we want to bring up and stood out. What were you going to say for yours? Um,
2: so towards the beginning of the movie, I did find it funny because I, I, for some reason I wasn't expecting it. So they're in class, right? And they bring out a cadaver to work oh, yeah. on. And the fraternity, whatever it's called... Uh, swapped out the body with a real person and the real person pops up with the mask on and the teacher or the professor like freaks out.
1: (laughs) It looks like he has a heart attack. Yeah,
2: he like fell on the floor but I did think that was funny. I
1: was like, is he dead? (laughs) That's what I kept saying. You were like, what? And I'm like, that's probably because you're focused on the guy's ass.
2: Yeah. Because he shakes and it's like
1: BDB fraternity. (laughs) Like these guys are real fucking assholes. They're
2: assholes. They're See, this is why I don't like college movies is because it's the these weird, fucking assholes shit.
1: The weird thing is, is that they do a lot more than we actually see them do. Right. So they're like, hey, you brought a Shetland pony into our house, you know? And it's like, that's almost like a reference to fucking uh, Animal House. Right. You know, where they bring the fucking horse into the fucking...
2: It probably was a reference.
1: Remember, it, it dies in the fucking rumors. Oh, I like, don't remember. It, it, I don't like that movie. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, <laughs> but that's just one of those movies, you know. That's that was the time, you know. Right? Like, yeah, yeah. I think it was in the late seventies they did a lot of those movies too. Right. And, and and it's weird. So this is just like such a late to the party kind of game.
0: Yeah.
1: One of the first things I notice in this movie is that Luau scene where they're like everybody's like in there doing their fucking boobs, beer, and rock and roll kind of thing. And they the one of the first things that this BDB the Beta Delta Beta uh is their their theme or their whatever they're saying is it's party till you drop party till you puke screw until you're blue
2: that sounds like a good education yeah. you're getting right there
1: <laughs> i don't think it really matters when it comes to the colleges maybe they're a little bit more involved nowadays but you know i guess <laughs> well, back they then, have to
2: be because kids die <laughs> well they, they did talk
1: about how they got suspended the year before Mm-hmm. And that they're back and they're all clean now. But they're still rebels. Right. Um, and then he, like, picks up an axe. And then he's like, in the fine tradition of BDB, I sever the ties of social restraint. And they cut, like, a thin-ass rope on this guy's wrists. And I uh-huh. I didn't really understand that. So. I
0: didn't, yeah. <laughs> I don't know.
1: That's when we noticed this girl with blue pants walking to some place. And she's like... Being followed, you see, like her being followed into a building, and she goes in and she's actually, isn't it? Where she, was she the girl that was getting paid to, to do photography for her body or something right, like that? Right. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. And this big dude is like behind the camera, completely shadowed, and you can't see him. It almost kind of reminds me of like an Italian slasher vibe or a Giallo vibe mm-hmm. when he's taking pictures. You know, I think they did something like that in Murder Rock or something like that.
2: Mm hmm. Keep it mysterious so you yeah, don't know who like, the killer is.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because it's always like, that's what this movie does. Right. Who is it? Oh, oh, oh wait, he said murder, so he must be a suspect. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everybody's a suspect.
2: Right, exactly. It's did, fucking annoying.
1: By the way, did you guess who it was? Or were you wrong?
2: Oh, wh- about who that the photographer was? No,
1: who was going to be the killer by the end of the movie is what I'm saying.
2: Yes, I suspected.
1: No, we of- don't have to say who yet, just yet. Oh,
2: yes, I suspected both of them. Yeah? Yeah, I just...
1: Wait, wait, both of them? Yeah. There was only one.
2: There was only one, but they lured to two, and they made you still think it was two of them until it was just one, and you don't know why the other one was...
1: Usually when you do these type of slasher things, it's the one that's not... The more obvious you are, (laughs) the less of a killer you are. Right. That's usually the the rule in a slasher movie. But in this one, they kind of, like... It is a little different. It, it, like it- Yeah,
2: well, they dressed two people up as the killer.
1: Yeah. You know How- what
2: I mean? Like, that's not fucking right. Like, the stupid.
1: The cheating.
2: It's fucking stupid. Why would you dress? Oh, I'm just going to dress up as the killer to make, you know, her think she's being protected. <laughs> so I'm just going to go after her with the acts to protect her. Hey, we'll right. get
1: we'll get there, baby. We'll get there. God, it
2: fucking <laughs> pisses me off. <up. laughs>
1: the other thing that was in this movie was, of course, it wouldn't be a fucking frat boy fucking college movie if it didn't have some sort of like you know, gay jokes in it or something like that. You have to have that in a, fr- in a college frat boy because that's kind of the general attitude as it was at the time. I'm sure too. Right. Um, but they have a another sur- or they have another fraternity called uh, Gamma Alpha Epsilon, A.K.A. Gay G A E. But I think you're supposed to use like a T or something for Gamma. Oh. I don't know. But, you know, you you feel like it's obviously intentional. Right. (laughs) They even do, like, interrupt one of their fucking parties where they're, like, introducing the parents to this fraternity so that they can get their kids involved in some sort of social fraternity. Because a lot of businesses like to know that you were a part of some group and worked with some group. Right. Like a fraternity or sororities. To get
2: ahead, yeah. Yeah,
1: like so that they may have some sort of prestige, you know, prestige.
2: Prestige.
1: You know, around it or whatever, you know. I don't know. It's just one of those things. But they have this part where they go into the the party for this gay fraternity. It's not a gay for one. But they treat it as such, and they go in, and they have somehow messed with the projector and the film that they show the parents that normally is very safe, and they have two dudes in there, one's, like, rubbing oil on his hands, while another one has a heart target on his butthole, and, like, it's like, what the fuck?
0: Horrible. They even
1: fuck with that kid, who he's like, he was like, would you like to be my brother?
2: Oh, so weird. And then
1: the guy blows him a kiss, and it's like... And Aww. the kid's like smiling and Yeah, stuff. I know. It's like, you're kind of an asshole, yeah, Byron. Was... We got to talk about the spaghetti scene, too. Right. Guy it... sitting there. That's, he's, he's the leader of the, of yeah, the that, that Gamma other... Alpha Epsilon.
2: Right. Fraternity talking to that journalist lady. I don't know. I don't even know what they were conversating about. Oh, it's because she was doing a story on Rush Week. And she was like talking to him about that. And then the other guy, the main guy, Jeff, from the other fraternity comes up.
1: Who's obviously? They're trying to push ultra hard to be the killer, right? In the movie, like they 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 trip over themselves so much to make so him seem like he's annoyingly. the fucking killer.
0: <laughs>
1: it's, he it, like why? Why does he always act so fucking weird? Like what? Because right. his girlfriend died. Boo! <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Jeff. <laughs> Like he gets like he goes from like zero to fucking creepy. Yeah. And like no like, time. Yeah,
2: and he's really pushy with the the journalist lady, like won't let her won't take no for an answer type of shit. Ugh, bothers me. And then of course they're making you think that he killed his his girlfriend like the summer before.
1: Yeah, that didn't tie and, together real yeah, well. Yeah, it
2: didn't it didn't go really, 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 really it didn't go really well.
1: Yeah, a lot of little 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 uh, you know, fake roads that they lead you down. Right, kind of. You you realize pretty quickly how fake each of these roads are. Like each one of these people was a killer because I I just kept thinking about that girl, this girl Tony, right? Isn't that her name? Yeah, Tony. She's like interviewing everybody, and it's like all of a sudden, and literally in like ten minutes, you find like instantly like 10 people who are suspects and there
2: but then there's a missing there's people missing and then there's other people missing and no one believes her and nobody gives two fucks about these missing people of course so nobody believes anybody like nothing bad can happen even though your fucking daughter was murdered last year but oh no that's not gonna happen again
1: that's the one i was gonna talk about is she goes and interviews the dean and he's like oh i lost my daughter last year it's like suspect right suspect her journalism professor, the druggie, has one of the his free love ladies say she may have an extra story that's extra spicy about Rush Week. Suspect. <laughs> the creepy guy who wheeled in the fake stiff into class who's looking up the college girl's skirts. Suspect. Everyone is a suspect. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, calm oh down. Oh, my God. But that party that they have where they switch out the reel, you remember mm. I was telling you about right. that? Right. Jeff sort of kind of does this to sort of snake Tony away from their party, which is ultra boring, by the way, Mm -hmm. super stuffy to get her to come to his party, which she stays around for like literally three minutes and Mm -hmm. then leaves. But there's this scene after she leaves where upstairs, Byron, his best friend, Jeff's best friend is like having people pay to look through holes in the wall of people having sex it's either a hundred dollars to fuck this prostitute or you pay 20 and you can look through the the hole the peepholes for five minutes and
2: the prostitute is the lady that she was talking to in the journaling place that was gonna give her the spicy story
1: that's right suspect (laughs) (laughs) In the, uh, but they have people like paying to to watch real sex through these eye holes, and they have the holes directly over the the Hills Have Eyes poster in it, which they also have a funny Hills Have Eyes poster number two, like in somewhere else, but that's the one, the first one. It's the one they're looking for. And apparently, Byron's like, oh, you done all done here? And she's, like, taking a break and smoking. I don't know if she's smoking a joint because the way she's smoking that cigarette looked weird. It looked like she'd never smoked a cigarette in her life or she was about to hit a joint. I couldn't tell. (laughs) could have been either. But they're like, I have a friend, you know... It's First of all, it's just weird that they have a fucking prostitute that's willing to fuck people at their party. What, what are they making out of this? They,
2: you know what they're trying to make because they did with the, the girls taking the photography classes is that the girls need the money for college, so they're willing to do anything. I, yeah, That's the impression I got.
1: I don't think she was. She wasn't part of college, was she?
2: Yeah, I thought she was a student.
1: I don't know. I'm she so was confused. A, she
2: was a journalist just like the other girl.
1: It's just so weird that you have some willing to do this, right? And it's kind of like a close friend or something. You know what I mean? But she's like, they're like, oh, we got this friend that this last guy, he's coming in. You know, it's, he it's hasn't. It's been a
2: long time. It's
1: been a very long time since he's had any, you know. So she's like, all right, fine. Bring him in. And it's dark and they slip him in the bed. And she's like, come on, you're cold. You can't row a boat with a limp rope, <laughs> and then screams like, and it's a corpse. They yeah, brought they, in they brought in another corpse.
2: That cadaver. They brought in that cadaver.
1: Yeah, into her bed.
2: Because he thought it'd be funny. Now
1: this is a tr- this is a th- this is a trope in the horror genre. So if you have Night of the Creeps, mm-hmm. I know that they did stuff like this before. We also have Weekend at Bernie's. Right. This is what went through my brain because she fucks the guy and she runs off. Like Mm -hmm. in this in Rush Week, she fucks the guy, but runs off. And it's like, Jesus, guys, like this is the kind of shit you pull on your friends who are helping you fund your school. Right. Like you're fucking (laughs) putting a dead person in their room. And he's like, he's like, he's like, oh, what's the matter? I thought girls liked it when a guy was stiff it's like oh god dude but guys
2: like that don't consider why they're doing it
1: I just thought it was That's really why. weird like why would you pull that prank on her though Why? what, what does she have to do no, with no, it no, no, she's no. helping you earn money they, somehow. they only
2: did it because they thought it would be funny they don't okay. give a shit about her. Obviously, I mean. Well,
1: I don't. I don't care. Like, I'm not saying like she's a real character, real person. Or oh anything. yeah, I know. I'm talking why. about the fact that why would you ever do that to somebody? Like,
2: because <laughs> you think it's funny. Because
1: obviously they're making money off this situation. So why would you do that to your money, fucking gang? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You pimp. Because they're know? stupid. Because they were done.
2: They were done with her. So, okay, we're going to play a joke. Anyway, the fact that
1: she fucked a stiff was what kind of reminded me of Weekend at Bernie's, right? Mm -hmm. So I did a little research on this. Fun fact, the same scene is very similar to this. They slip in Bernie into his bed. Some woman comes up, has sex with him. It's not exactly the same, but it is very similar. She's Mm -hmm. riding him, right? And makes a joke about, oh, you're so cold and da 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 Do you know that Weekend at Bernie's came out July of 1989? Before this movie was completed.
2: Oh, that's kind of weird.
1: Right. So, technically, it had been done before this movie. Right. Which, they might have seen this movie in the theater and added it in.
2: Last minute or something? Yeah,
1: like, which, because they were made this movie in 89.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
1: very possible that they could have added that in after seeing that movie. Mm-hmm. That was a very popular movie.
2: It was very popular, I remember. So,
1: it could have inspired this movie somehow, maybe in the middle of the making or before it was made... So kind of makes you wonder. That was just my own little bit. Nobody mentioned that. That's just what I thought about. And I decided to look it up. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. It's around the same time. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, she runs off, obviously gets killed off screen. Great. Another great kill that we don't get to see. Exactly. Pretty girls who are nude that never get killed in the screen. (laughs) It's like, come on. And we got some like pretty like these girls have been in stuff before, you know what I mean? Right. So it's like kind of shitty. That like always pisses me off with this movie. There was also this really odd scene where they race they're racing bikes, like pedal bikes. Mm -hmm. And it's like weird, bizarre clown music. Yeah. Doot, 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 doot. Like you know <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck is this music? <laughs> and everyone at the college is cheering these these pedalists on, and then all of a sudden they have these four bikers on Harleys drive behind them and knock them all down. And I'm like
2: That scene was weird and pointless. That was
1: another BDB prank.
2: It was just like a filler scene or something.
1: Yeah, but it seems dumb. I don't know yeah, why it was dumb. in there. Anyway, you obviously get the aspect of Tony being a journalist, always constantly having questions. She's constantly, she's, like, falling in love with Jeff, who's literally, like, everyone is pointing at Jeff, like, he's a killer, he's a killer. And she's like, oh, I love your eyes. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean?
2: Oh, let's go to a picnic in the middle of the woods alone together. Yeah, he's like,
1: I got a special place to show you. Somewhere deep in the woods that no one will ever know where you are.
2: Where my girlfriend was killed.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Dude. And she totally goes, right? And it's like she's she's in constant fucking danger all the time. Right. And it just seems like a really bad idea in the middle of all this. So she goes up there and she knows because Byron pulled her aside before she went up there, and he was like, Can you talk to Jeff? He's like literally just given up all of his duties as a frat leader. Right. For and, you. Yeah, for you. And she's like, he's like, I'm not asking you to change his mind. Just talk to him. That's all. And then he's like, so what did he say? And he's like, oh, you know, just regular chat. And he's like, yeah, I wouldn't trust the thing that guy says. He's the biggest fucking liar I've ever uh, met.
2: Yeah, my best friend. Yeah, I
1: know. And it's like, first of all, if you're not the killer, that's some dick shit.
2: Right. <laughs>
1: Like, what an asshole. Like, why would you want to fucking date this guy? You know what I mean? Like, that's a dick thing to say. So then they go to this fucking cabin and they're all fucking alto sex and sexy time, you know, like uh, like running through the woods, like having a picnic and then like eating by and a then he, fire. And then he and, takes
2: his shirt off and they start making out. And then, what does she say? To and him? then
1: she's like, oh, that's right. I forgot to mention this, too. Before she goes to the murder cabin with Jeff,
0: uh-huh.
1: Byron tells her, this is the part we forgot to mention, that Jeff's ex-girlfriend died, and that's why he's been weird ever since. Uh-huh. Because she makes Byron tell him why before he goes to the cabin. So after they get hot and heavy, she's like, so, uh, so who, tell me about Laura. <laughs> she And he's like, Oh great. They told you, huh? How'd you find out? She's like, I just want to get to know you because they think I'm falling in love with you. And he's like, well, I think it's time to go. <laughs> I fucking
2: lost it. That at was That was very like, funny. That was fucking that funny. That was so as shit. awkward.
1: Yeah, like, eh, I think it's time for you to get the fuck out of my face.
2: I'm like, we like, isn't this a red flag? Don't you see a dude, red flag? All the, what dude,
1: the fuck? Jeff is a red flag. She was falling in love with a red flag. Right,
2: exactly. Like,
1: that's what I don't understand about this movie. But it's silly. It's a movie. I get it. But if there was a red flag, and if I was a journalist, I would be like, hey, I'd exactly. Date. I wouldn't be dating this guy. Yeah,
2: Yeah, she, and she's, like, running around hunting down, like, where all these people have been, and she, like, doesn't even pick up on the weird shit from him.
1: Well, that's the funny part, right? Because, like, she finds out that all these girls are hustling to make money to take pictures with fucking corpses, by the way, mm-hmm. in the science lab. <laughs> Of the student student school, right? At night, with the fucking lunch guy. Cafeteria worker. With his little hat. (laughs) (laughs) Who's always constantly, more than obviously, eye-fucking every girl in the cafeteria. I'm going to almost certainly be found out that he was fucking doing something. Mm -hmm. Because he is, like, so obvious. And then... She goes to his house, doesn't she, to try to find out at some point in time to, to like, see if he's the killer. Oh,
2: the photographer? Yeah, she busts it. She breaks it to his house.
1: Which he followed her first and gives her her card, and then she goes to his house directly after, and I'm like...
2: Breaks in, finds the pictures, puts them in her purse, drops her fucking ID card... <laughs> like who the fuck?
1: I know what dude. The fuck? After there's this like cat and mouse thing and she doesn't get seen but she drops her ID on the ground. It's like burr, 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 burr. <laughs> um
2: And you know what? She's running around this whole movie with this big ass purse like strapped around her shoulder which to me I'm like what the fuck are you doing? Zip the purse up and run. Like
1: Oh yeah, cuz she keeps dumping it out. Yeah, she,
2: yeah fucking Dumb bitch, dude!
1: <laughs> wow, Jesus! Dumb bitch! Calm down, Christina. This, you know what?
2: This is why I carry a backpack and not a purse.
1: Yeah, well, Just Christina, in case this is nineteen eighty nine. I have to
2: fucking run. You know? Did
1: you in nineteen eighty nine, Christina?
2: Yeah, probably.
1: Well, yeah, well, that's probably because you were twelve.
2: <laughs> well, I'm not that old. Calm I down. We're not, <laughs> Just kidding. You're
1: not that young, actually. Yeah, twelve. Oh, yeah. If you were twelve, yeah, no, no, that wouldn't make sense.
2: I was probably nine. Really? Yeah, I was nine.
1: There's no way. When did you graduate? Well,
2: let graduate what? High school? Yeah. Ninety eight.
1: So how would you be nine?
2: This is eighty nine.
1: Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> I guess you're right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I got. I, I got. I
2: know math is hard. <laughs> yeah.
1: Shut up. By the way, we didn't talk about this. The killer is in a robe, dressed like an old woman. <laughs>
2: Well, he has like a mask on. Which yeah, it's makes like an old like a witch mask. Yeah. And it, then the robe is, is like the fraternity ritual yeah. robe.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a fraternity robe. It, but it looks like a monk robe.
2: Yeah, pretty much.
1: Uh, <laughs> and he has so, an axe. So we might as well just explain it. So what's going on? We find out what's going on shortly after this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, they, they, they leave it, it. It whittles its way down to Jeff or the Dean. And it's obviously the Dean, because one, the Dean is always constantly pissed off about something. It's just it's just very obviously him, even though they're like, look, Jeff, it's Jeff. It's fucking Jeff. Like, that's like they're screaming at you the whole time. And it's like, (laughs) by the end of the movie, he grabs the axe, disappears, because Jeff, by the way, just always seems to disappear right around the time the murder's happening. Yeah, it's just just a coincidence, technically. But it's the dean. And not only is it the dean, but it's the dean who is getting photos of all the girls in school who are willing to take photography of their bodies and then killing them because they've sinned. Because one time he found photography of his daughter when that was happening and he couldn't handle it and lost his shit.
2: And he killed his daughter. Uh, Did he kill his daughter? Well, who else killed his daughter? Yeah. Jeff? Like, what the fuck?
1: So he's punishing everyone for being a sinner. I mean, imagine to, in this day and age, he would be like OnlyFans. You know what I mean? It would be only... Oh, my
2: God. <laughs> oh, my God. He would have to, like... oh like this, this. The
1: OnlyFans killer.
2: The dean of students, a professor at the oh. college is doing this. So who's going to make like- the next
1: slasher for OnlyFans?
2: How would that work?
1: They haven't done that yet.
2: I'm thinking of the Cam Cam movie. Yeah, that's kind of similar. Yeah, it's similar, but it's I, different. That was, that was, that a, was a really cool movie. That was I was not expecting to that like that movie. That wasn't a slasher movie
1: really at all. It was just fucking bizarre. Oh yeah, that that was just a bizarre movie. Uh, and but. it isn't even that great at acting in that one either. But it's got some it was, moments. It was
2: worth watching though.
1: We don't we don't even own that yet.
2: Well, I mean, it, wasn't that a Shutter movie or a Netflix? movie? No, I
1: think you can get on. I think you can get on Blu-ray anyway. Uh,
2: anyway, <laughs> sidetrack because it's so fucking boring.
1: <laughs> but they finally there's a part. Okay, so the photographer guy he gets axed in the chest
2: by the axe murderer. and he's
1: working with the dean. So it was kind of an accident. Doesn't he like open up the door and it's like God? Yeah,
2: and he cut because you know.
1: He's like finally I'll just get rid of you because you're a piece of shit or whatever. He
2: got caught.
1: He's been giving out the 100 the hundies with the fucking axe of the BDB fraternities like which also
2: made no sense they,
1: well he did it because he probably was trying to throw him off the scent that it was the dean and that it was the fr- frat boys doing it because they're the ones that always oh. got in trouble okay that and makes they're sense. the ones always like fucking doing pranks
2: right like hiring prostitutes that's and why they were so try harding
1: try harding about every goddamn prank mm-hmm. you know what i mean it would make sense that oh they're the killers you know mm-hmm. but they didn't they didn't do a good job of that in this movie. They could have done it so that, I don't know. Right. I don't know. This is, I don't know. There's something about this one that just, mm. but they finally, he gets axed in the chest mm-hmm. and then it's like they get, Tony, she gets chased as she's like going through the, the the science lab again.
2: And then the two axe guys start fighting.
1: Right. Like one, they're both black hooded robed fighting guys. And you're like, oh, is it Jeff? Is it is it Dude? Is, is it the Dean? Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's so, so terrible. Ugh. And then they go all the way down into the the basement and the boiler room, and that's when Freddy pops out. And it's like, holy shit, how's he in this movie?
2: Freddie Krueger, because of the
1: mask, <laughs> they did have his mask in this yeah, movie. Yeah, it was just kind of. And there funny. was a part where they covered his face. Yeah, and like, I think like they, he had COVID. I think like, they did that so that they wouldn't get sued.
2: Yeah, that, that's exactly what I was thinking. It was like what? Yeah.
1: Anyway, but yeah, the axe fight. It was an axe fight that they had, and after a little tussle, Tony stabs the killer in the chest, like right in the chest, and he. F-
2: didn't he decapitate his head? Yo,
1: that's right. They decapitate her, but he ain't. No, that's right. Because he, she stabs him first. Mm hmm. But he ain't dead. And he tries to kill Jeff. But Jeff does what I've wanted to see this entire fucking
2: movie. Right.
1: And decapitates the fucking guy.
2: Which was cool. It's like finally! And a fucking kill scene! And then literally the movie ended.
1: Yeah, it was it was like the police show up drop kids they drop the kids off at the frat house and the chief is like they seem like such good kids and the cops are like yeah (laughs) and they (laughs) drive off and all of a sudden the lights come on and it's like the frat party is still going and they're like Yay everyone's dead let's have a party Right and they go back in. It's like what? (laughs) After all of that I would not want to go back to a party that night. You know I wouldn't I mean?
2: even want to go back to college after that night.
1: <laughs> what the fuck? Fuck them. Fuck every dead person. <laughs> like, I, I don't think, first of all, if all of that happened that night, she would be there until the next morning. Right. You know what I mean? And everybody at that house would have been interviewed and and investigated.
2: Exactly. And
1: like, it would not well, have gone down like that. I don't that. know,
2: because the cops didn't even believe her to begin with. So maybe, you know, they were lazy cops.
1: They're lazy. <laughs> I mean, so, it, you know, there are some things that happened in this movie that were really hilarious in that regard. So that's why it is enjoyable, but those lack of deaths, like, even just a little bit, like, man, like, that was a real big misstep. That's why Mm. I say it feels like it's a movie that was made for TV.
2: Right. Because Yeah, it it really did, except for the sex and stuff.
1: It feels like a PG-13 movie. Yeah. But the boobs are in it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't don't really understand. Like, I mean, I don't know. How do you make a movie that only has boobs and not fucking gore?
2: Right.
1: That seems really it's like weird. a weird choice. But
2: that's probably why this didn't do too Let's well. Let's
1: limit ourselves, but not the way that you think we should limit ourselves. I don't know, but it's weird because like there's a lot of people who really like this movie. And I, don't, mm. I didn't catch it on the store shelf. You know, like I didn't right, get exactly. the chance to watch it. So it's not like I have this like nostalgia yeah. for it. So I'm looking at it through the eyes of somebody who's, you know, like, brand new to it. You know, I've seen enough horror movies. I've seen enough slasher movies to know what's going to tickle your pickle a little bit. And I think I was more than fair with my score. Right. You know, so. But we do have another movie that we're going to talk about, The Vinegar Syndrome Sent Out to Us, which is Last Gasp from 1995.
2: A ruthless real estate developer is possessed by the violent spirits of the Native American tribesmen he massacred, which force him to go on an indiscriminate killing spree against his will. Tagline, pray you never hear the last gasp. <gasps> Literally. <laughs> this was directed by Scott McGuinness. Who is best known by Star Trek fans as Mr. Adventures in Star Trek 3, The Search for Spock.
0: Whoa.
2: Yeah. He has directed 18 episodes of the TV show Honey, I Shrunk the Kids.
1: Okay. So he was good with Stuart Gordon and all them.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Must have been. That's weird. The story is written by Stanley Isaacs, who also wrote Raptor Island in 2004 and... Megalodon from 2002.
1: Those are not ones I would <laughs> think are very popular movies. <laughs> no offense there, Stanley.
2: But the screenplay was written by Pierce Milestone, who who uh, who's also written uh, Warlock 3, The End of Innocence. Oh my God, I hated that movie. <laughs> what the fuck?
1: This is such the weirdest combination. Right? Warlock 3 is unbearable to me. Like, I can't stand it. Really? Like it makes me mad. I don't even like. Know. I know that sounds weird, but like there are very few movies that make me mad. <laughs> and Warlock Three, not only does it not have the same actor, who is the guy who plays him, is not a bad you know right ...fill-in, You know what I mean. It's just the the movie is so
2: ugh.
1: <laughs> so, which is a surprise because maybe you will you will, you guys will be surprised at what I thought about this movie. But anyway,
2: <laughs> okay, starring Robert Patrick who plays Leslie. Of course he was in Terminator two Judgment Day and he was in the fac- Have you
1: seen this boy.
2: <laughs> the faculty, which I totally forgot he was in. Yep. Uh Lost After Dark from twenty fifteen. Hellions from twenty fifteen as well. Which we of,
1: watched recently. And
2: I really liked that movie. Yeah. He was also in the From Dust Till Dawn TV show, which uh-huh. I totally forgot. Yep. And Ball's Fury from
1: Yeah, he's done the- so, so much. It's oh, ridiculous. Yeah
2: uh also starring Joanna Pakula, who plays Nora Weeks uh who she is Polish um and she was in Tombstone from 1993 love that movie a uh, virus that movie with uh, a Jamie, Jamie Lee Curtis from 1999
1: That's a r- underrated gem right there
2: Right and a uh, Gorky Park yeah from 1983
1: well, I, I don't remember even the premise of that one but
2: <laughs> Vito Rigiddus who plays Ray, the private investigator? He was in Wishmaster too, uh, The Devil's Advocate, uh, The Glass House from 2001, and he's done like a ton of TV shows. Oh my god!
1: Well, and Wishmaster is one of those series we need to do eventually.
2: Yeah, I don't even remember I, that I, one. I
1: never got a chance to buy it. Mm-hmm. I think it's like 30 bucks now for all three or four.
2: Oh, that's not bad.
1: They're kind of they kind of remind me of Warlock. Mm-hmm. like those two movies like yeah if, I
2: get all those confused yeah
1: warlock one and two well mostly warlock two has the same air about it that all the, the wishmaster one and two have oh, about okay. it so mm. uh,
2: mimi craven who plays goldie uh she played a nurse in nightmare on elm street uh she was also in vampire clan from 2001 west craven's chiller from 1985 and she was in Swamp Thing from 1982. Hmm, okay. That's interesting. And Alex, what did you think of Lask Gask? <sighs> Do you need an inhaler?
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so, I mean, I've never heard of either of these movies. Well, I've heard of Rush Week. I had never heard of this one, though. And I don't even remember seeing a commercial for it or anything like that because... This was how many years after fucking Terminator 2? Like four? Yeah, so you did say Terminator 2. Yeah, it was like five years, I think. Yeah. But he was really typecast as a bad guy for a long time because of this.
2: Well, he has a weird looking face. Well, he's
1: really good at being a bad guy. Let's just put it that way. And he's really a fucked up individual in this movie. Right. Like this movie... Right off in the beginning, I'm like, holy shit, this might be kind of good because it's so dark. Mm -hmm. Like, his character is a fucking asshole. Like, right off the bat, there is no liking this guy whatsoever. At all. And I was like, okay, this might be kind of cool, you know? But honestly, it felt more like a romance crime thriller with like a dash of Toltec possession <laughs> <laughs> thrown in for some spice, you know what I mean? And and it really did feel like we were watching like a soap opera.
2: Made for TV movie.
1: It was like more, I don't know if it was made for TV, like it's shot well. Like everything in this movie is shot really well. Right. Like it's shot like a movie is supposed to be shot. The story, however, and all the different moments that are in this movie remind me of a soap opera mm-hmm. and lots of of cat and mouse play with the people snooping around for the mystery, you know, just, just a matter of proving it's happening with who we know it involves, which is obviously Robert Patrick's character, Leslie. So it's not a mystery as to whom was doing it, just whether or not he'll get away with it. So that kind of takes away a little bit of the aspect of the movie, but it sort of also makes you wonder what he's going to do next. So it's this weird mix. Mm -hmm. Um, the beginning is actually pretty dark like I said so that again is one of the best things about the movie is like the first 20 minutes I'm not saying I enjoyed what they did in the movie (laughs) right? what I'm saying is is that it did something different that it was like it felt like wrong for the time but this is much more of a legit sort of mainstream movie than a horror movie you know like it feels more like a romance crime thriller
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But they like just threw in this possession factor, and the possession thing is really rather light. And as I mentioned before, romance is on top, went mixed with a little bit of murder. <laughs> like it kind of reminds you of like a like a like a romance crime, you know, Agatha Christie sort of, but with like a heavy heaping of Chris, you know, of sex, <laughs> because there was a lot of sexy times in these movies, right? And this movie in particular, especially. But Robert is pretty decent in his role here. I think definitely what you sort of expect of him, especially at this time frame back then, and probably because, you know, obviously he did the Terminator Hunter in T2, but he does the charming, bad, rich guy pretty damn fucking well in this movie. Mm-hmm. They kill off one of my favorite characters in the fucking movie a little too soon. I was kind of right. hoping that this character would stay in the movie. I won't spoil who it is because I don't know. You'll know which one it is when you watch the movie. Just a very interesting dynamic character that you would have thought like, oh. Yeah,
2: yeah I was going to make it all the way yeah, through.
1: It, yeah, this character is kind of tropey, but right. I still enjoyed that character. And they killed it off pretty quick. Yeah. I'm trying not to, like...
2: Yeah, spoil g- too much. You know,
1: spe- say genders or anything right. so that anybody knows what I'm talking about. But I don't know. It just had me interested, and I felt like they could have been... It could have been a character that they carried all the way to the end, but they probably did this to to make it a little bit different. Any possessions that happen or nothing like you'd think. No horror style to it. No fucking, you know, where this is not... <laughs> Like demonic possession or any kind of fucking the exorcist or anything like that. It is literally a tribal man that every once in a while comes out to show that he's a tribesman for this, you know, Toltec Indians that that Robert Patrick killed off. And it's like almost like they're symbiotic. Mm -hmm. So, like, he's fully aware, but he can't control it. And it's and it's weird. It does. It's not like. He gives a shit, but he just wants, it's just weird. It's like they're almost working together and have accepted each of their roles individually. I'm just not sure why he's killing in the first place. Like, you would think that would be all about killing off Robert's company, right? And destroying the company that destroyed their fucking culture and all their people and everything like that. But no, it's it doesn't make any fucking sense. Did they, was that what they were doing?
2: I don't know what they were doing.
1: It's like there is no, like, real rhyme or reason as to why he's, like, fucking going around killing anything. It's just whenever he feels like that they need a sacrifice. Right. And that doesn't make any fucking sense. No. Still, even though that glaring flaw is, like, waving its cock in your face, it's still not a bad story-wise kind of movie. And they are able to keep me interested while not much is really happening. Like, we really didn't see all that much. There was just a couple of action scenes where you see people get killed. That takes a while to happen, too. And I don't know, maybe it's just because the bad guy is always around and you wonder what's going to happen next with this whole cat and mouse thing not like he's a good person that you're rooting for but in the same regard you wonder how he just murders around and still pulls off charming so I don't know what that means exactly I guess <laughs> money talks in this movie I don't know because he's a super rich guy I'd give it like Honestly, well, maybe explain this one last thing. The end is a little disappointing. You'd think that the characters would have worked out what the last gasp really means by now and how to work a clever plan to avoid it somehow, but they didn't. Nope. <laughs> and silliness prevails. Even still, I still enjoyed the watch on this one, and I liked it better than Rush Week mm-hmm. for some reason. Just remember this. It's light on horror and heavy on romancing. <laughs> so if you're okay with that and overall this movie is better made than that other movie but it obviously had a bigger budget right you know because robert Patrick said it they're like oh but it was just one of those it reminds me of one of those movies you would watch on cinemax mm-hmm. or like hbo or something you know like mm-hmm. late at night right um I don't know. I give it like a 5.5 out of 10, but you know, just like I said, keep your mind, keep in mind that this is low on horror, high on fucking romance, but still an enjoyable film overall. Uh, the disc that they have for vinegar syndrome looks really good, but there really wasn't any extras in the, uh, in the mm-hmm. disc. So I would assume that most people that are picking this up are pretty new to this film. Mm-hmm. Because I don't remember it. Right. Do you remember seeing this no, at the
2: store? not at all. Never heard of it.
1: There is like an outtake section that they have in this disc. Uh-huh. That I thought was kind of cool, but it's a lot of scenes that they're not like outtakes as in like, ha ha ha, funny outtakes. They're like outtakes of like him rolling around on the ground. <laughs> ground for 20 minutes <laughs> so unfortunately and i would have loved to see like a backtrack like with like robert patrick that would have been oh great. yeah that would been fun just to hear what he had to say about, about this movie. the film yeah i wonder if they tried and they can get him or something he
2: was probably like fuck this film
1: he was like yeah i'll do it for a hundred thousand no problem <laughs> it's like dude we're not filming a movie here <laughs> anyway um But yeah, Christina, what did you think of this movie?
2: I also enjoyed this movie more than Rush Week. Um, I like the concept of the story.
1: Uh, It's not a so bad, it's good either, guys.
2: But the story was a little confusing. Mm-hmm. And there were elements that didn't explain things well, especially in the beginning. And it a lot of stuff that was going on. I got really confused. I know you did too. We we're like, there was flashback scenes, where, and they didn't emphasize it was like a flashback scene. So you were like, oh, is the husband still alive? Like, wh- what's going on? Uh,
1: we'll we'll scenes, yeah, we'll explain more in the in the spoiler section. But
2: um, the end battle scene was probably the best scene. There was a lot of action and gore in that last like battle scene. <laughs> But, I mean, it was a little rough to get through. It was a little, like you said, with the romance and stuff. Yeah. But it wasn't really, like, romance because... It, it isn't they... it,
1: it isn't direct. It's not like the two main characters are in love. I'm just saying, like, yeah, yeah. It, it just has a it lot of weird. that in there.
2: It was just weird. Well, the two were dating, but...
1: Well, they do flashback scenes with the people who were in love, so it's very yeah, romancey it... in that. And it's like a 10-minute exactly. fucking sex scene.
2: Exactly. It's crazy.
1: Yeah.
2: But I gave it a 5 out of 10. Really? Yeah. Why not? I mean,
1: it, it is definitely light on horror, but I don't know. There is something a little slightly above average for me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, one I never did see, so kind of surprised me a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't
1: know. Maybe you're into Robert Robert Patrick movies, so maybe <laughs> it might be an interesting one for you to see. Um, it is early stuff of his, so I mean. Right. He blew up in the 90s, so.
2: Yeah, around this time.
1: Yeah. So. We do have a little bit to talk about as far as, like, spoilers and stuff. There is no trivia, really, for this movie that we found. Not really, anyway. Nothing that was, like, mm-hmm. good. Uh, there's not much talk about this movie, to be honest, at all. Right. So I was surprised by that a little bit. Um, probably, just, probably just what it's like to be a working actor kind of movie. Right. You know, working director, mm-hmm. whatever it is. So if you don't want anything spoiled, though, we're going to go over some of our favorite scenes and things that we saw in this movie that we thought were worth mentioning. Uh, I did have a little bit of trivia on the Toltec Indians. So if you want to stick around for that before we get into our spoiler spoilers, uh, that's fine. But here's your warning. So Toltec, the tribe who they have in this movie, they held sway over what is now central Mexico in the 10th to 12th century. The name has many meanings like urbanite cultured. And literally the reed person, which is derived from their urban center, Tolan, place of reeds. Mm -hmm. So Toltec means people of the reeds, basically. Um, It's near the modern town of Tula, about 50 miles north of Mexico City. So that's Mm -hmm. where this takes place.
2: Oh, okay. Even though they're, I think, in California
1: or something. Yeah, because
2: we even have a Toltec high school here in Tempe.
1: Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm sure that they they had a wide...
2: Oh, yeah, spread, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, as far as scenes and stuff that we want to talk about, this is the spoiler part, obviously. Do you want to talk... What do you want to talk about first? Like, about the last gasp, or like, what happened in the beginning? The
2: beginning part, which was fucked up, dude. They're building this building, and the, the actual Indian tribe comes and cuts a few of the workers open. I don't know if they were sacrificing it well, or they, whatever. They
1: did one guy, and then apparently there had been another incident before that we didn't get to see.
2: Right. So everybody's on edge, and I guess- Everybody
1: the, was kung fu side. Oh, sorry. No. <laughs> Just, this no, is you that said was it. weird. Okay.
2: Um, <laughs> so, you know, that's a problem, and the investors are going to pull out or whatever because these damn Indians. And, uh, well, t-
1: let's explain what happened to the guy. Like what they did to the guy on the construction site. Like Robert Patrick shows up. There's obviously some bad shit that happened. mm -hmm. So like the Toltec tribe is using workers' blood. Like the very opening of the movie is the Toltec native uh, is basically drinking the blood out of some dude's chest. Mm -hmm. And then then they find him like Jesus style on a piece of the construction (laughs) uh, site. And his wrists are, or his his uh, ankles are cut mm-hmm. because they don't want him to run or something wasn't like
2: that. Wasn't the front of him all cut up too?
1: Yeah, well, his whole chest was open. Yeah. Like, they cut a hole out of his chest. Yeah,
2: because he sacrificed him.
1: Right. I don't know how he got blood out of there to drink. Like, he wasn't like, it was just weird. It's like he suddenly had blood in his <laughs> cup. Wasn't it raining too or about I to? Don't know. They're trying to make it look dark. hmm But anyway, so Robert shows up to the site and he's like, does he have any family and uh, he's like, no. And he's like, we'll get him a proper burial minutes later.
2: <laughs> they chuck him in the fucking <laughs>
1: They chuck the his river. body in the river, dude. Like, I was like, Jesus, man.
2: Ruthless, dude. Ruthless.
1: Um, But that's business, I guess, right? So, obviously, Patrick, Robert Patrick's character, Leslie, is none too happy about two of his workers dying this way. Because, one, it spooks his workers. And, two, it costs him money. Mm-hmm. So he has to cover his tracks all the time. So he goes down to the local corrupt sheriff and tells him to uh, commit genocide, by the way, of killing <laughs> all of the Toltec Indians, literally, like no joke. Right. And then he threatens his job because he's like, eh, I don't really like businesses anyway. He's like, this could be the next Porto Viacra is that Porto, Porto, Porto Vierto? Yeah, Vierto. And he's like, I never liked Porto Vierta anyway. <laughs> and he's like, all right, well, that's sad to hear you say that. And He's like, so I guess I'm going to have to go down there. And do you have long boots, by the way, in case they cut your ankles when you're out there? Because I'm thinking I'm going to make you go out and work as a blah, 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 blah when I tell the commission that you aren't very helpful out here. And he was like, well, I think I might be able to help. <laughs>
2: All of a sudden.
1: Yeah, and then they're out in trucks, like, hunting down the tribe, like, shooting them dead.
2: Right. There was
1: that scene where fucking the sheriff's, like, he's always eating something or fucking smoking a cigar. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And he's like, hey, uh, do you want to shoot this tribe's member in the head real quick? (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, well, you want me to do it? And he's like, yeah, I mean, hey, they say that the tribe members, if you... Shoot him in there. If you're the last one to kill him, their spirit and their soul goes into yours. Oh,
2: yeah. Let me go ahead and shoot him in the head then. Like, very <laughs> <pretty> much. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, he's not a suspicious. He's not a superstitious man. Right. He's a fucking businessman. He doesn't give a shit. Right. Obviously. But it doesn't matter. So he shoots him in the head and then you're like oh where's the last gas it didn't happen <laughs> and so then like he goes back to his place or wherever he is and he gets attacked by the the last so-
2: the right. very, very Last, last Toltec,
1: Indian. Toltec Indian. And they wrestle around and they he stabs him in the head like twice, but you can kind of see that he's got the knife around the back. <laughs> yeah, of his head. yeah,
2: that was kind of bad.
1: <laughs> Which is kind of funny, but I don't know. I thought it you know, and then you hear him breathe and it's like all of a sudden, six years later. Right.
2: You're like last gasp, last gasp.
1: Yeah. <laughs> But they're in Pennsylvania and it's like a completely different woman is looking for her husband. You think it's Leslie, the guy that was really confusing here. And then we find out that she's looking for her husband named Julian Weeks and the the cops aren't much help. So she gets a private investigator to look for him who overhears her at Mm -hmm. the police station. And he possibly maybe works for Leslie, I'm thinking. But no, he doesn't. I don't know what's going on. The P.I., Basically goes, and, and he was one of my favorite characters. This is the guy.
2: Right. And then they, they started to lure the story around the PI and what the PI was doing. Right. It was really weird. So
1: he was like on a separate... Track. He was... Okay, so so her husband dying literally has nothing to do with Leslie. It only has to do with Leslie's possessed self mm-hmm. needing to, to kill somebody for a sacrifice. And has nothing to do with what happened down in, in in Mexico, which is like, huh? <laughs> right. Why? Right. It would have been an infinitely better story, in my opinion, had they actually had him get possessed to kill his own workers and destroy his own company from within.
2: Right. That would have made more sense.
1: But they were like, no, maybe like, we no, can make him sexy. And, let, like,
2: let's make him more successful and kill off his... His competition,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. It's weird. It is. It's weird. I have no. Idea. It's not even his. Co- yeah. It's like he's working well, for him, but he's not. He's like.
2: Yeah, I don't know what he was. I, all I know is he was a, a construction guy too. Yeah, that's all we know.
1: He keeps having these visions where, like, this like medicine man's like standing at the foot of his bed, <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of funny because his tits are hanging out and like he throws a, he throws a fucking vase at him a vase at him and it goes through his body and he's like whoop and he's still just staring at him it's like are you waiting for him to jerk off like what's going on i'm watching you (laughs) (laughs) and it's just some other random guy it's not even the same yeah native it's It's
2: a different native
1: yeah because i guess that was maybe one of the other tribesmen that were in his body i don't know i don't know
2: another one he killed (laughs) yeah
1: there's this weird scene for that this this other woman who's looking for her husband julian weeks too and they start playing this really sad music mm-hmm. and she's like thinking of her husband mr mr weeks even there's like this love scene to the song and like he's like railing her in the movie and she's like really naked and he's really naked it's like this like really extremely lovey dovey moment with her ex husband who she is or not her ex, her her current husband that's missing, and all of a sudden like Leslie's face appears. She's never seen this guy before, by the way. And just his face appears somehow. Right.
2: In the dream, yeah. In the
1: dream. And it's like, what? Okay. And
2: she wakes up. Yeah. It's weird.
1: What were you gonna say about it? Or did you have something? Oh no. The, the P.I., Ray Tattinger is his name. He, like, has, like, kind of some swagger to him, even though he's, like, this kind of disgusting, like, low-life kind of guy. Mm-hmm. But he, like, fights some guys to, like, get some news. He goes down to the, like...
2: <laughs> the bars, that thing.
1: They... Yeah, he goes to the bar, and then he goes to the fucking, the the where they find his truck. They find Julian Weeks' truck. Mm-hmm. It got towed and then she gets this bill and she's like, you might want to go check it out. And this guy's apparently working with Leslie who has who has, um, you know, made a deal with Leslie to get paid for picking up these trucks as long as he keeps his mouth shut. Uh-huh. And he's like Leslie's like killing people. And then having people tow his truck for him so that...
2: And impound it. Yeah,
1: so that they can't figure, you know...
2: Right. But you would think, it. like,
1: if 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 everybody's dying, so he's, like, removing the plates and stuff and not letting people, why would they send out Julian's credentials of his car?
2: Because how is the private investigator going to get there?
1: Yeah, but my, my point is, is, like, if Leslie's killing all these people to cover his fucking tracks, why would you have one... Truck driver fucking pick up all these cars if they're of oh. all of these people are missing but, and they come from the same impound lot. You would think,
2: but didn't the impound guy say that he, that he has to send out the the uh the slips?
1: He does send out the slips. That's what no, I'm saying. But he
2: said he has to because didn't the private investigator ask him that and he was like, I have to send out the slips.
1: Yeah, but that's again that's my point. That's not a good cover up for Leslie, right? That's what I'm saying. Okay. That's a bad decision. Right. Wouldn't you think?
2: Well, yeah, but he still owns a business. So technically he has right. this...
1: I'm not talking about the business guy side. I'm talking about Leslie's plan is stupid. Oh, I see. Yeah. That's not a good plan. Right. If there's a fucking paper trail of all these missing people that lead back to this fucking guy. Right. Like how dumb.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it just seems
1: really stupid to me. Right. <laughs> there was that random fuck scene that was in the movie, too, remember? Like, these two, like, this couple are, like, near a cornfield.
2: Oh, <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. And Do you want ba- tell them? they're begging in the cornfield, and she picks up a hand, like Yeah, well, they just hand. pull over to the side yeah. of the road to
1: fuck, and they go and, in the well, cornfield, cornfield to
2: fuck. It's cornfield. Come on. They're kids.
1: I've never had a sex in a cornfield.
2: I don't know where there's a cornfield. Okay. But she pulled up a dead hand, and that was kind of funny.
1: Yeah, while well, she's getting, getting about ready to get real. Boyfriend. Um but that's like it like that they the cops find out that it's like the hand of somebody. Right. There's like of course, you know, Leslie keeps having visions of this fucking of different natives like appearing before him. And like it doesn't really make sense. They just keep showing him putting on makeup and killing people every now and then, right? Whether it's a flashback scene where she where he kills Julian Weeks, which was probably one of the better flashback scenes or killing scenes, I guess. Uh-huh. When Julian and him are fighting because he stabs him like fucking brutally in his car,
2: uh huh.
1: And it's like, what the fuck?
2: It's crazy. Yeah, that was a,
1: That was a good scene, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um. He, like, cuts his ankles and then stabs him in in the side repeatedly over and over and over again. mm mm-hmm. uh, And then Leslie cries because <laughs> he goes over that memory in the mirror, which makes no sense. Right. Like, you killed an entire fucking Villi- tribe. Village
2: of Indians. Right. And yeah, and you're crying because you ki- you killed a white guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah.
1: That makes sense. <laughs> I had to kill one of my own. <laughs> He was a handsome man, too. <laughs> God. <laughs> but then, like, Leslie's, like, kind of, like, the the girl who's looking for her husband, obviously the PI gets killed. And he got killed really early on. And she's, like, trying to figure out what happened to her husband. So she finds, like, the file in his... In the PI's office, and which like makes
2: no sense. He
1: never cashed the check of hers, and he was trying to help her out, and she's like, "That's weird." Well,
0: she and she it.
1: goes there with her best friend. This is what I'm getting at: mm-hmm. is that she goes there with her best friend, who's in real estate named Goldie, and she does all this high client like real estate. Still. And they decide that they're going to go break into fucking Leslie's house somehow. Which, first of all, I still don't even know how they tied. Uh, Leslie and him because it was the the work site. That's how I don't they know. tied it together. That he was the killer, maybe.
2: Well, no, it's because uh, the the pri- the PI they had his address because they wrote it. He the PI wrote it down on a piece of paper, which they found in the file, which made no sense because the PA the had, PI he, the PA the, uh, sorry the principal's assistant. I'm in I'm in healthcare, <laughs> Physician's oh, assistant. Okay. Um, the PI um went to the guy's house. But he needed that address, so I don't understand why he wouldn't have taken the address with him.
1: I don't know either. In
2: the file in the office.
1: Yeah, because he dies at his house right in front of the gate. Right. Uh, I don't know. But they try to break in and then he shows up behind them and they're like, oh, we were just looking in because of real estate and shit. And then she's like, oh, he's kind of cute. Maybe we should try to hook it up. He's like, well, I may need your help, actually. I need to sell it. Playing along kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Even though he knows that they're trying to break in because he sees they left their credit card at the bottom of his door, Mm -hmm. which means they were trying to break in. Right. And he's just playing coy with them because I don't know. And it's like weird like he's kind of hitting on the lady whose husband's dead. Yeah. But not
2: like he knows that she's after him.
1: Yeah, like she knows that she's on to him because he killed her husband somehow, but there's this like sort of like I don't know, like it's not love, it's like kind of romancy, like he's trying to woo her in some way, but only because you find out he wants her to kill him. Right. And he wants her to find out he's the killer mm-hmm. so that she'll get mad enough to kill him. Right. But if he does, if she does, <sighs> the last, last guess. It's like, well, wouldn't you figured out some clever way to kill him without being near him?
0: Yeah. You know what I I mean?
1: It doesn't make any fucking sense. But Goldie and him go on this date and then they're in love or whatever and have sex and he's railing her up against the fucking wall in this one scene and it's like she's like in love and you think that he's killed her but he hasn't. So the tribesmen didn't want to kill her. It was just random people that...
2: Right. I don't know. And they kept making making you think that She's missing and she's in Hawaii. and
1: Right. Well, she gets p- pissed off and, and then like tells the police that he's killed her and he's the one that's been killing everybody. And
0: he's there. And there's
1: no proof whatsoever. So she just looks fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. And she really is vacationing in Hawaii like he says it is. Uh, but there was this really cool scene where after she tells the cops all this and then they find out that she is actually still alive because that morning she gets a message from her best friend, Goldie. Mm-hmm. On that the answering she, machine. Yeah, on the answering machine you know, that voicemail. she is alive. She's like, I'm sorry I didn't tell you. Um, you know, I'm I'm in vacationing here. It's really beautiful, though, and I'm sorry I didn't tell you. I should have after everything that's been going on, you know, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, fuck, I'm just fucking rolling fucking snake eyes every way I go. Mm-hmm. Um, then of course, uh, Robert Patrick's character, Leslie decides to go and kill her in Tribesman. Now somehow she's involved, Mm -hmm. but she's smart and she goes to his house instead and makes a phone call from his old house that he's selling to call him on the answering machine while he's at her house. Mm-hmm. So she calls her own house and she's like, "Leslie, I know you're
2: there. I know you're there. I know you're there." And it's
1: kind of a cool that was a kind of a cool thing yeah, that was. they did there. I thought that was an interesting. She's like, "I just don't know if I can kill you like you want me to or whatever." And mm-hmm. it's like, "Oh god." Yeah, like, there
2: we go, rounding like, about again.
1: It, doesn't it feel like this romancy thing going on? Like I just don't understand like Oh. Either way, She finally goes there to meet up with him and he's like, I want you to kill me. Like, this was the plan the whole time. And then she fucking straight up fucking chokes him out with her belt. Mm -hmm. Even though he's fighting her, somehow she finds a way to choke him out and his last (gasps) goes into her. Right, And it's like...
2: (laughs) how the fuck is she going to get away with this with the cops, okay?
1: First of like- all, if you knew that the last gasp was real and that he was becoming a native and because she figures all this shit out, right? Mm-hmm. Why the fuck would you kill him? Well, it's... Because your husband's dead? Boo-hoo. Now I want to become a murderous, like, Toltec Indian for some reason? It's like the pe- And why are all Toltec Indians murderous all of a sudden?
2: It's like the people who shoot guns at ghosts. That's what it is. <laughs> You know what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> I don't it's just dumb. Like when you've like figured out a way to set up a trap like home alone or something like that, where he goes back to his business and the fucking crane drops and kills him. You know, something.
2: Yeah, but still So that, that... she's
1: nowhere near the last gasps, so she doesn't get infected by the Toltec Indian guy. Right, but the Toltecs have to live on. How I, else are they gonna live on? And I doubt. That he's the first, that's the first group of people he's killed ever since then. Right. So, I mean, wouldn't their souls all be inside of him too? And wouldn't they thwart him from, like, and what is the goal of the Toltec Indian and all the people that he, the possessed Toltec Indian killed? You know what I mean? Like, do they have control over him? It's still out there. At the very end of the movie, like, Goldie's alive, and she's like, ah, you were so right about him. I can't believe, y- you know, he he was a murderer this whole time. It's like, you knew, bitch. You fucking knew. And you didn't right. care because he was rich.
2: Right, exactly. And you were
1: wooed by his fucking money. Don't even give me any shit, lady, okay? Right. <laughs> and then all of a sudden she's talking to her, and then she goes to the mirror Tony goes, or not Tony? What's her name? Nora. Nora goes to the mirror and is doing makeup, and then she all of a sudden leans forward out of out of the behind the doorway and comes back with all the Toltec makeup. I Toltec
2: Indian. I totally last gasp, last gasp.
1: Does she kill her? Like what happens?
2: Yeah, she's gonna kill her. She needs blood. Almost die.
1: Why would you kill someone if you knew that you were gonna be infected with that shit? She's just giving up well, hope because her husband is not railing her anymore. Why don't so? Why don't we just try on killing people for a while by a possessed Native uh, Indian?
2: Why don't people get the vaccine when they know COVID is out there? <laughs> why don't pe- Why don't people?
1: Get I mean, I don't know, but that just seems like for someone that spent so much trying time, spent so much time trying to figure out why. Why would you choose to be a murderer after all that? I don't know. It makes no sense, even still, we enjoyed it a little bit more than the other well, movie more
2: than the other one.
1: <laughs> I don't know why it's so weird, <laughs> but it is a pretty average film, if you think about it, just slightly right. above it. It's just interesting, more interesting in this one than the last one. so I don't know. I was a little surprised by both these movies this week, like I was expecting for like some wild shit.
2: Nope, you got nothing. You I got, got nothing. nothing. We got a a decapitation.
1: Well, I mean, I still enjoyed them. I think other people will enjoy them maybe more than us if they have nostalgia for them. Um, Maybe they'll like that a little bit more. I don't know. So, but uh, yeah, guys, thank you so much for coming by this week. We do have some movies planned for next week. They're going to be like horror comedies we thought might kind of lift it up a little bit. And then the following week, we're going to be doing our Hammer Horror where we're going to be doing some of the movies uh, paired together and kind of do that since we've not really done them before. Some of them are in color, older, newer. We're kind of mixing it up, and we're going to be doing like a uh, spin-the-wheel thing. We'll let you know what next week's episode's going to be all about as soon as we find out when we get the movies and if we get them in time, and we'll let you know that on our Facebook, our Instagram, and our Reddit. If you haven't followed either of any of those, you should. And uh, it's on Twitter, too, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so Twitter, Reddit, Facebook, you know, any of those places, Instagram will have will let you know when and what we're going to be talking about next week. But have you seen these movies? Are you a fan of these movies? Have you, you know, watched these before and we're we're completely wrong about how we feel. Yeah, we're late to the game on these ones, but I just had higher expectations than than we got. Um, but either way, let us know what you guys think. Give us a shout out in the comment section of any of our posts. And as always, run with
2: the void.